In today's show, I'm looking ahead to the resumption of action in the NBA. On Wednesday, there are 13 games on what we're watching for injury updates. Some waiver wire stuff as well. We'll chuck in. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There are 13 games on. I'm going to look at those games, and normally we'd have a recap show, but obviously there's no games on today. So I am, at the end of this show, going to look at the most added players on waiver wires and the most dropped players and talk through those decisions that people have made as well, something we normally do on the recap show. So stay tuned after the 13 games to look at those waiver wire moves. Want it? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First game, Portland. They're traveling to Charlotte to take on the Hornets. The Blazers are four and a half point favorites and the total is 221 and a half. Injury-wise, Gary Payton is out. LaMelo Ball is out. Gordon Haywood is out. And Cody Martin remains doubtful. The old doubtful tag. Still there for Cody Martin. And the Blazers have listed a million players probable. Lillard is probable with a calf. Simons is probable with his foot. Jeremy Grant is probable with an ankle injury. Nurkic is probable with an adductor issue. Winslow is probable with an ankle problem. And I'm never going to get to do this sound very often, but John Butler is probable with a finger injury. Um, I don't know what why they decided to go the Lakers route of just listing everybody probable, but they did. You might be able to take advantage of that in an IL Plus League. You've got a whole bunch of guys that you can stash and grab other guys in. Like, Thank you, Portland, but I don't really know why. I want to watch Josh the Hitman Hart, whose scoring and usage has been pretty low, but he, he just helps in so many areas. In points and rebounds, he gets steals. His efficiency is usually pretty good. He's had some struggles at times. Um, but let's see. Like The minutes, I think, are just going to remain sky high, and I'm really liking what he's doing. I also want to watch Justice Winslow because he has had some really impressive moments. He's playing on the wing, playing at point guard, playing at center, getting 20-plus minutes a night most nights. In fact, he's, I think he's played 20 minutes in every single game. And there's usefulness with him just for defensive stats. We know there's going to be percentage issues, but the defensive stats are there for him. For Charlotte, we get another opportunity for Kelly Oubre to start and to kill your percentages, but the volume is going to be there. Yeah, I do fear as to what happens when players return for Oubre, but we're not there yet. Let's see if he can do better than he did last game. And then big dick Nick Richards, who did play more minutes than Mason Plumley last game, but it was a weird sort of situation. Is that what's going to happen? Because if he plays 25 a night, he is a 12-team league guy. I don't think that'll be the case, but we saw 24 minutes for Richards, 22 for Plumlee last game. Are they going to do that against the Blazers, or it'll be back to 27 minutes for Plumlee? Because one game ago, Plumlee played 30 and Richards played 18. In fact, Richards hadn't played 20 minutes since the 28th of October. So we want to see how they utilize him. That will be key for our expectations for Big Dick Nick. 
The next game is the Nuggets and the Pacers. The Nuggets are five and a half point favorites. The total is 234 and a half. For injuries, Chris Duarte is out. Ish Smith is doubtful. Zeke Naji is doubtful. Um, Aaron Neesmith is listed officially as questionable. Daniel Tice also out for Indiana. I want to watch Bones Highland. Last two games for Bones have been good. One of them was a blowout, and one of them he took advantage of a Bruce Brown ankle tweak early on. So is Bones pushing back to be a 12-team league guy? I'm not so sure. His last three games look good. 24 minutes without KCP. 25 minutes with um, a garbage time where no one played more than 27 minutes. Um, or 23 minutes in the game that Brown played only 25. And someone else, Christian Brown, only played three minutes in that game. If Bones is a 23-minute-a-night guy, he probably is a 12-team league guy. And if you want to take a flyer, I get it. The upside is pretty capped by where he sits in the rotation, but let's see if he's got things back on track a bit here. I also want to watch the headmaster, Jamal Murray. He seems to be back on track. He's playing 30 minutes most nights now. Um, Still not rebounding at the best level, and free throws are still a bit iffy but I'm confident they will improve. For the Pacers, what do they do without Duarte? If Neesmith does play, does he go back into starting? Or does Andrew Nempard start? And Nempard, it does appear he is a real favorite of Rick Carlisle. Basically in the rotation from game two, he's already had two games of over 30 minutes. I think there's a chance he starts again, which makes him 12-team adjacent, maybe 14-team league. Buddy Heald was on the Buy Low Sell High show earlier today. So let's see, can he continue shooting at this extreme level? Can he continue playing these big minutes and getting big rebounds and being a strong assist guy? Because the minutes for him have been excellent. No fewer than 36 minutes in his last four games. Let's see if Carlisle continues that track going because it'll be great for his value, obviously. Mavs and Magic. I feel like these teams have played each other already this season, so this will end their season series. The Mavericks are six-point favorites. The total's 216.5. The Crucifix is out with a knee sprain. Huh. Okay. So Dwight Powell, I assume, will start and get good minutes. And JaVale McGee is going to have to play. And probably not play good minutes, but he's going to have to play. Marco Fultz is out. Gary Harris is out. Cole Anthony is out. He who shall not be named is out. Tim Hardaway sort of did the splits a little bit on the court and hurt his hip. He had to leave last game early, playing only 14 minutes. So he's questionable. And what that brings us to is what happens with Josh Green. Josh Green's minutes over the last 6, 12 14, 17, 19, 20, 27. He's shooting the lights out. He's playing excellent defense. His passing is improving. And if Hardaway misses, yeah, I'm really... Look, Reggie Bullock's been bad. Bullock hasn't hit 30 minutes for four straight games. Green is playing at a very high level. He is an absolute ultra watch list guy. If I'm in a 16-team league, I grab Josh Green. If I'm in a 14-team league, I consider it. And in 12-team leagues, I'm ready to pounce. I also want to watch Dwight Powell, who has played 20 minutes each of the last two games. And I expect with Wood out, he plays close to 30. And that might make him at least a 14-team league guy. For Orlando, out of nowhere, Mo Bumba. One, two, three, four, five. Bumba hadn't been playing. In fact, he was literally a DMPCD the game prior. And then he played 20 minutes and played well, really cutting into Bol Bol's playing time. Is this what we can expect from Bumba? I don't really think so, but we want to keep an eye on it. And then Franz Wagner, who struggled to begin the year, and the last three to four games, he's crushing it. Big minutes, big scoring, big assists, 
shots are going in. We love what we're seeing from Franz at the moment. And I'll, I want to see it continue. That would be pretty exciting if it could. Piston Celtics. The Celtics are a whopping 11.5 point favorites here. The total is 225.5. Rob Williams is out, but Luke Cornett is off the injury report. And Alec Burks might return. Alec Burks. He's questionable, while Marvin Bagley is doubtful. So the Marvin Bagley return is coming soon as well. And how that impacts Stuart and Duran, I'm scared to see what happens. Burks will be key to this bench, which is atrocious. But what minutes does he take? Um, if he plays, that is. But, you know, I would say there's minutes there because Corey Joseph or Corey Joseph didn't play last game. Hamadou Diallo played 18 minutes last game, but combined for 15 in the two prior. So he could easily just take those guys' minutes. Killian Hayes has been shocking. So he could lose some minutes to Burks. So how they deploy... I don't think Burks is going to be a 12-team league guy, but I do want to see how he gets deployed. I also want to watch the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey, who the last few games have been much better. Now, we know he's prone to inconsistency and lots can change with his production. He can go out there and he can do nothing or he can go out there and he can you know, have 25 points on eight shots. Let's see where he fits to see if Burks has any impact, positive or negative on him. Also, Jaden Ivey really put together a big game. He had struggled a little bit, but one thing that's constant with him is minutes. We know that the minutes are there. They're not disappearing. He's going to have what rough efficiency nights, but he brought it defensively. He brought it with rebounds and assists. And that's really, really strong. For the Celtics, do they start Grant Williams again? They started him over Derek White last game. He played a lot of minutes, 38 of them. He took zero shots. He still is, to me, just a fringy 12-team guy because there's going to be a significant shooting regression coming for him. It's going, to be, it's going to hit hard, and then minutes will drop at some point as well. But also want to watch Williams, if he starts, what that has an impact on with Derek White and with Malcolm Brogdon. Because both of those guys, White and Brogdon, did not play um, even 20 minutes last game. And sub-20 minutes of Malcolm Brogdon is probably not a 12-team league guy. A hold for now. Derek White's not a 12-team league hold. We move on from him. But watching how those minutes go is going to be really, really interesting. I've got something else that you can watch as well. Because today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. If you are a hiring person, someone who does the hiring at your job, you know how important it is to make sure you get the right person because a wrong hire can cost your company money, time, productivity, sales, whatever. It's bad. So you need to make sure you get the right person in. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and free. It's so easy. Go in and create that job on LinkedIn Jobs. So easy. Not hard to do at all. And then once you're done, you go into your profile and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame and that alerts people to know that you are hiring. Their screening questions make it so easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that, cutting down time in the interview process or cutting down time in the selection process is so key to productivity in any form of business. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Knicks and the Nets. That is the next game that we're going to look at. The Nets are two and a half point favorites. The total is 223 and a half. I want to see what happens with Isaiah Hartenstein. Inexplicably, Tom Thibodeau started Jericho Sims over Hartenstein last game. And I guess explicably, he ran with a lot more Randall and Toppin. So Hartenstein's value got killed. Now, what I did notice is that there were a lot of people watching this show, listening to this show, following me on Twitter, who only added Hartenstein after he played 38 minutes. 
and now are ready to drop him because he played 21 minutes last game. I don't know why you hadn't added him prior. But again, this is a guy who started two games and is a well, top 100 player before he started any games. So if you want to drop him because he played 21 minutes last game, I think that's going to be your mistake. But do they keep? Do they go back to Sims again? Does Hartenstein get the start against Nick Claxton? He's clearly the better player over Sims. He's a better rim protector as well. Um, let's see what they do there. But what is also important is how much, how much do we see Obi Toppin or Julius Randle at center? I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Toppin was great last game. Really impressive. And I think, I think he's worth at least a 14-team grab. And in 12 teams, no worries. But is there actually 25-minute consistent pathway there? Probably not. But he was really impressive. It could turn into a little bit of chasing if you grab him now. But I'd like them to not play Sims at all and just play Toppin and Hartenstein all those center minutes. That would be great. For the Nets, what the hell are we going to get from Ben Simmons? We know that Irving is out. Yuta Watanabe is out as well. Um, on the Knicks side, Robinson is out. And Quentin Grimes is questionable with that foot issue. But what are we going to get from Simmons? He played 16 minutes last game. He looked bad again. I expect limited minutes here, which will be really good for Nick Claxton. And it's really good for the guards. They started Edmund Sumner over Simmons last game. And also want to watch Cam Thomas, who played 32, 29, 30 minutes the last three games. Of course, in the previous six games, he'd combined for two minutes. But his role has just blown up with the absence of Kyrie. He's getting to the line of ton that is fueling everything that he's doing. So we want to see whether that can continue. He's worth a grab. I don't have any real faith in that happening long-term or him being even anything remotely close to a 12-team league guy long-term. But he has definitely done more than I expected now. It's really hard for me to say, hey, this guy's not playing at all. I think he's going to play 30 minutes. And while he's doing that, um, you know, 700% 700% increase on assisted turnover ratio and double his free throw attempt rate. Like if I came in and suggested those things, I have no credibility. But it, it lends me or it ends with me being wrong on things like I was on saying I didn't think Cam Thomas would have value. He surprised me. He's played well. I still think his game is not particularly suited to winning NBA basketball all the time. But it's happening at the moment. So let's watch him do it again. Let's go to the Jazz and the Hawks. The Hawks are three and a half point favorites. No total is out at this stage. Um, for the Jazz, Jared Vanderbilt Bar remains questionable. Trey Young is questionable. And Bogdan Bogdanovich remains out. I want to watch Colin Sexton, who 29, 27, 28 minutes the last three games with Mike Conley playing good minutes in most of those games. The last game was a blowout. Conley only played 24, but it was a back-to-back for him. Sexton is scoring pretty well. He's not doing huge amounts else, but the scoring is useful enough. Is he going to be stuck in a 27, 28-minute role? Will it push any higher? Let's keep an eye on that. I also want to watch Markkinen because, you know, instinctively you look at Larry Markkinen top 20 play and you go, well, it has to be a sell high. I'm not sure that it is because while I think his two-point percentage can drop, his usage won't, his minutes won't, his rebounds won't, and his three-pointers can come up. So I just want to watch him because he has to be leading most improved player. Has to be. For the Hawks, John Collins has been pretty rough, really. Over the last few few weeks or so, he's really dropped off. I do think there is some improvement for him. He's shooting really poorly at the moment, and that's impacting his minutes and his confidence. He hasn't hit more than 32 minutes since the 26th of October, and that obviously is an impact. I also want to watch AJ Griffin. Now, again, this is could be chasing. Griffin played 31 minutes last game, so immediately multiple questions. Hey, do you think Griffin can play 25 a night every night? Probably not. Like, I think he's good. 
but he came into the rotation because Trey Young was out. Now, he's better than Justin Holiday. He's better than Aaron Holiday, in my opinion. And they should look to give him minutes. But expecting a 25-minute-a-night role every single night, especially when Bogdanovich still to return, is probably a little bit wishful thinking. But I want to see, what do they do with Griffin in this scenario if Trey Young does play? Where do the minutes go for him? Do they cut him back off DeAndre Hunter? Does Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday not play? Does Griffin get more than 10? I'm really intrigued to see what he does, but I'm also having some expectations muted. Rockets Raptors. The Raptors are nine-point favorites. The total is 223 and a half. On the uh, injury side of things, Fernando is out. Siakam is out. Ken Birch is out. When I created this graphic, Jay Sean Tate was questionable, but now the wild thing is out. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. So we want to watch Jabari Smith Jr., who I still think is feeling the impacts, impacts of his illness and ankle injury, but that doesn't remove the fact that he's been dreadful. He has only hit 30 minutes once in his last four games. He can't hit shots. He's hitting like under 30% over that time. And people are dropping him. And I understand the the reaction to do that. I won't because I do believe that he won't be a 30% shooter as we move forward and the minutes will come back up. But I bloody want to see some improvement from him. Also watch KJ Martin, who's been really good. 29, 20, 31 and 26 minutes the last three games without Tate. So he's got another opportunity for really strong minutes. Um... You know, he's continually getting more minutes than Tari preseason. Eason's playing well and is a luxury stash who's got a little bit of value while Tate is out. But the fact that Martin is playing this well actually probably hurts Eason longer term because it's not just Gordon or Tate that Eason needs to go over. It's now Martin as well. So let's watch what Martin does. Let's watch his playing time and production. Some, most of his games come on really high field goal percentage, but he's a super shot blocker. And after a really down season last season, he's been impressive. For the Raptors, Siakam is out. So I want to watch the centers, Achua, Boucher, Coloco. You know I don't have really faith in any of these guys. Achua shouldn't be anywhere near a 12-team league or a 14-teamer. Boucher probably should be on a 12-team roster, but we know that it's fickle. We know the production's up and down, and we know if he doesn't hit him at 70%, then he loses all sort of confidence and playing time, and he was the worst player in the NBA yesterday from a fantasy perspective. And also Coloco, who played 31 minutes against the Bulls and then 21 minutes. I expect him to be low 20s again. Could he pop off? Sure, but there's just so many centers that can take those minutes. And also Gary Trent, who put up a stinker on Sunday and a really good game on Monday. His steal rate is down, but he's scoring really well. Um, We know that rebounds and assists are never going to be his thing, but he's getting points in threes and they're there. They're good. The minutes are pretty strong as well. Most nights, although, you know, 26, 21, and 33 in the last three games. Yeah, the 26 is misleading because it was the 43-point demolition of the Spurs. But he's always a little bit lower than the other guys. So let's see sort of where he fits from here. Bet Online. well, actually, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which, of course, is your number one source for all betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline.net as well. We've got all of the NFL action, but also college football action. Let's pick a random game. Ooh, LSU, Arkansas. The Tigers are three-point favorites against the Pigs. Can they do it? Well, it's up to you to decide, but you can find all of the odds for all of college football and the NFL over at betonline.net. 
the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Suns and the Wolves is the next one. The Suns are three-point favorites. We got an update, some update on Chris Paul. He's officially questionable with that heel issue. I would have liked him to be probable, but he's officially questionable. Ish Wainwright is out. Um, Cam Johnson, we got news for him on the, the knee injury and the surgery. He is not having the repair. He is having the trim, which does mean that he can return quicker. It's still probably going to be two months though. So I really don't think that Cam Johnson is worth a hold without an injured slot. He's not good enough to justify a two months of zeros and then limited minutes when he returns. When you might he might hit full stride all star break. So when we hit mid January, early January, even Christmas, maybe you go re-add Cam. I don't think holding without the injured slot for him at the moment is worth it. Had DeAndre Ayton on the buy low sell high show today because he was like bad. Um, he's been playing poorly. Will he be able to improve that? Well, that's that's the hope, isn't it? Let's see if he can turn some of that around here. And then Damian Lee, who is getting minutes over Tory Craig at times and providing some of that shooting that Johnson does provide. Watch him for 14 team leagues. For the Wolves, um, Rudy Gobert is likely to return after missing the last couple with COVID. So we want to see what he can do because his block numbers and field goal percentage are well down this season. Can he get that back in back on track? We hope so. I also want to watch Jaden McDaniels, whose last four games have been bad. 17 minutes, 18 minutes, 35 minutes, 17 minutes. Foul trouble in all those low-minute games. Will they keep him starting or will they keep Kyle Anderson in the group? I think they'll start Jaden, but his value is waning pretty quickly if he can't stay out of foul trouble and offers nothing on offense or rebounds. So let's see how he goes. The Pelicans and the Bulls. Pelicans are one and a half point favorites. The total is 229 and a half. For Chicago, Drummond is questionable. Kobe White is out and Lonzo Ball is out. Kyra Lewis remains out, but there was an update with him. So he's doing some five on five. He should be able to return this calendar year, I'm guessing. And then Larry Nance is officially questionable. I would be, I'd be a little bit surprised if Larry Nance plays, which obviously if he doesn't play, it's a big boost to Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vassilinoasas. It would mean Jackson Hayes gets 10 or so minutes, but that also play a lot smaller, and that does help Trey Murphy. We saw that last game. Nance played 14 minutes. Murphy went back to 28. Right? That is key there for Trey. Like, the game before that, Trey didn't hit 20. If Nance is out, which I do expect, I think Trey's minutes go up. I also want to watch CJ McCollum, whose efficiency has been rough for big chunks of this season. So, can we get something happening there? Can we get improvements in his shooting? Or is he going to turn more into a pass-first guy and the efficiency is not going to be there? Hmm. For the Bulls, Ayodesumu, who has been a little bit down lately. We detailed that on the Buy Low, Sell High show as well. Can he get some of that efficiency back? Is he ever going to get usage? I doubt that. But let's see what he does. And then DeMar DeRozan, whose last two games have been really bad. The Raptors basically threw double teams at him the whole time and his usage dropped way off. Will other teams look at that and go, oh, okay, this is how we can stop DeMar? Let's see if the Pelicans decide to do any of that and how that how DeMar works his way through it if it does, in fact, happen. Grizzlies, Spurs. Um, Memphis, six and a half point favorites. Total is 234. Des Bain was on the buy low, sell high show. He's shooting 50% from three. He is going to drop from there. And the other thing I want to watch is his free throw attempts, which are more than double last season. Like if those two things fall off, then his value falls away. Also, I want to watch Jake LaRavia. Now, there's a couple here that I'm watching that aren't really for standard leagues, but LaRavia... 
is looking pretty strong out there. And could he just easily fall into the Kyle Anderson role from last season? I think so. It will change when Williams and Jackson come back. They're, of course, out, as is Blake Wesley. But I want to see how Jake LaRavia looks. And then for deep leagues, Charles Bassey. Really good fantasy profile. And with Zach Collins missing the last couple of games, we've got minutes from Charles Bassey. Bassey was a guy that I thought the Sixers should have kept and should have tried with him instead of Montrezl Harrell, but that doesn't matter. Um, Collins is questionable after missing the last two. Langford's questionable, but are we going to see another Bassey opportunity? He's been really interesting. And then there is Stephen Adams, who's questionable for Memphis also. So we do stream Brandon Clark, although he wasn't that good last game. But we do stream Brandon Clark if Adams happens to miss, who's dealing with that jaw issue. I also want to watch Trey Jones for the Spurs, whose last game was really good, had really struggled with his shot prior to that. And I think the reality is obviously somewhere in between. He's not a great shooter, but he's better than what he had been, and he's worse than what he was yesterday. The Bucks and the Thunder. The Bucks are 7.5 point favorites. Totals 219.5. This is also the end of their season series. Injury-wise, Middleton's out, Connaughton's out, Ingles is out for Milwaukee. Um, Alexei Pokyshevsky dealing with that shoulder bursitis. We don't know whether he's in yet. I'm putting him questionable, but he could easily miss, but we don't have any update on that. There is also an update after I created this graphic for the Bucks. The Drew Holiday is doubtful. Okay, that really does help the value of Bobby Portis. It helps Javon Carter a lot. It probably helps someone like Nora and Beauchamp. They don't really, or and George Hill will get a boost in minutes there too. But you know, would I be adding Hill or Beauchamp or Matthews? Probably not. Carter, just a deeper league guy. But with Holiday maybe out, that would almost definitely out. That's something to watch. Last two games from Grayson Allen, much improved. Is he streamable with Drew out? Well, he'll get more shots. So that might give him a little bit of a boost there. And Bobby, again, will get that slight boost with Holiday likely out. For the Thunder, their rotations remain a complete mystery. They did start um, the Bronco Jalen Williams last game. Broncos country, let's ride. He played 31 minutes, so that's good. He didn't do anything in those minutes. And I'm loath to pick him up with inconsistency in his play. He can be a streamer at some point. Not really sure we're going to get there at the moment. And then Josh Giddy, who was on the buy low, sell high show, who is really struggling. Rebounds are basically cut in half from last season. Assists are down and his shooting's down as well. He's also benched for the final nine minutes of yesterday's game. So let's see. Do we get the minutes back up? Can we get some of the rebounding happening for Giddy? It's a real struggle for him at the moment. Hopefully he turns that around. Lakers and Clippers. The Clippers are four and a half point favorites. The total is 221 and a half. A lot of injury stuff here with the Lakers. Schroeder and Bryant are out, but um, Lonnie Walker, LeBron, and Pat Beverly all missed last game. Whether they return or not, I don't know. If they don't return, their lineup is a disaster. You've got Reeves and um, Nunn and Gabriel, and I don't think any of them, really, that you want to stream. But I do want to watch Russell Westbrook, who I think has missed one free throw since moving to the bench. He's like a 93% shooter. That surely is going to come down, but has he just regained confidence, and that's what was impacting the free throws? He's been really good in a bench role, from a fantasy perspective, anyway. Also, I want to watch Troy Brown, who's probably just a 14-team league guy, but he is taking a lot more threes, and they're coming okay. And he's got some stream value for threes. For the Clippers, John Wall should return. We know Kawhi is going to be out. Um, but John Wall should return. But what do the minutes look like between him and Reggie Jackson? Because last game Wall, last game Wall played, his minutes were up, but Jackson had hurt his knee and was couldn't come back in. So does Wall play 27, 28? Does he play 21? The last two games, he played 27 and 28 minutes. One of those was with Jackson Hurt. One of those was with Canard Hurt. So what do they envisage for Wall here? That is really key. And then Zubats, who's blocking shots at double his career rate. The minutes probably remain up for him, but does the block rate stick? 
the Cavs and the Kings. Last game of the day. The Cavs are five-point favorites. The total is 226.5. Rubio is out. Dylan Windler is out. He's got an injection in his ankle. He's going to be out for a few more weeks now. Um, the Kings are actually, at this point, injury-free, which is, I think, the only team in the NBA to be able to say that. I want to watch Evan Mobley for the Cavs, who stepped up the scoring last game, but you know, he still can't get everything put together. It's getting there, but you have like one game of 10 points and eight blocks and then 26 points and no blocks. So we need it to sort of settle in the middle and see where he fits. Also, Kevin Love, putting up really strong numbers. I'm not 100% buying it. I think his upside is pretty limited, but he can be used in 12 team leagues. I'm not fully there with it, but you can be using. For the Kings, Keegan Murray's been really bad. The last few games have been atrocious. Usage well down, not even double-digit shot attempts, under 30 minutes, scoring way down, rebounds way down, shooting way down. There's apparently some personal issues with him going off the court, which is impacting some of his play. So let's see. Or does he get replaced in the lineup, or the starting lineup, sorry, closing lineup by Malik Monk again, who I believe is a 12-team league ad, for now anyway. Because he's rolling, he's getting assists, he's scoring, and the minutes are up. They might not last, they probably don't last. But they're there now. So we want to watch that. Now, let's look at the most added waiver wire player since the last time I did this, about 20 hours ago. The most added player is Malik Monk, up 26%. Absolute cosign on that one for me. Mason Plumley up 12%. Pfft, no. He who shall not be named, up 12%. Guys, why? Because you heard an update that he was doing five-on-five five with some coaches. He's still a long way from returning, and then he's going to sit back-to-backs, and then he's going to be limited, and then he's going to come off the bench. That seems like a wasted move. Cam Thomas up 10%. I get that. Brandon Clark up 8 Yes, with Adams out. Bones Highland out, or up 8%. I'm a bit skeptical on it, but it's fine. John Kaminga up 8%. I told you this would happen. I said to you, people are going to read the news of Steve Kerr saying, hey, we need to get him in the rotation, and they're going to overreact. Because you have to look. Who is he replacing? Wiggins? Draymond? Looney? Obviously not. He took Wiseman's minutes. And in fact, he played nine minutes. So he's got no business being a 12-team player or a 14-team player or even a 16-team player. And then Kevin Love up 6%, which I can, of course, um, get behind given how well he's playing. Most drop players, Bruce Brown down 10%. I don't think I would have been that quick to drop um, Brucey. Baby shark, the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Down 10%. The big sneeze down 10%. Yes, drop him. Trey Mound down 10%. Drop him. Tyus Jones down 10%. Drop him. Reggie Jackson down 8%. Drop him. Bismack Biombo, Drop him. And Santi Aldama down 8%. Drop him. In fact, all of these guys, with the exception of maybe Bruce. Get that garbage out of here. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.